Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the rap podcast, the place for proper fans, proper Welsh fans to get involved and have their say about Welsh regional rugby. Coming up on this week's show, the preview of the Dragons v Edinburgh game, Cardiff v Munster game, and of course, Scarlets v Ospreys. Plus, if we get time at the end, a little bit of our season's predictions, where everybody's going to finish at the end of the season. So let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the RAP podcast, the place for Welsh regional rugby and something stuff podcast. So, um, yeah, a bit of a strange one this week. I'm on my own um, for various reasons. We, we've been trying all week to put this together and um, between between the three of us, we couldn't actually manage a time. So it is just me. For tonight, but hopefully next week I will have many guests back, and we've got an interesting development as well that I'll tell you about closer to the end of the show. But um, so we kept nudging this week's podcast forward and forward and forward, and Sunday and then Monday and then Wednesday and then Thursday, and we oh, right, okay, it's got to go out Friday. So so we bit the bullet, and just as we were kind of getting to that decision this evening um news started breaking of the death of eddie butler so it just seems appropriate that we you know add our uh, condolences to to family uh, and just remember what a what a great guy eddie butler actually was not only you know a rugby player a rugby commentator and, and things like that but you know, just a genuinely nice bloke. Just always seemed that he was like intelligent enough. He, he was always the most intelligent person in the room, but he never wanted to ram it down your throat. He just kind of wanted to let it ooze out. And, and I think you know, we've all listened at some point to to his his introductions and his commentary, and you know what he's had to say, and just what a 
what a great bloke he was and and sadly missed already you know and, and i think this is something that maybe we should all kind of reflect on the fact that there are certain people you know we'll, we'll know people in our own lives that they're you know gonna be sadly missed at some point and i've seen a load of stuff on on twitter in particular already you know brian moore who you know, spent a lot of time he was his kind of co-pilot for a lot of his rugby commentary you know saying you know i never took the time to tell you exactly how much i respected you and, and and what i thought of you so it's things like that that you know if we take anything out of somebody passing you know he's only 65 which is you know worryingly close for some of us you know that's um that's a really young age for for somebody to go so you know take the time to tell someone is i guess what i'm saying if if there is someone there that you kind of respect and you kind of you know maybe you've lost touch with them or whatever but you know take it as the nudge that you need to to do something in eddie's memory and just make that connection and tell somebody that actually you know you're a big influence on me and i and i wanted to thank you for that because you know at some point it'll be too late so um yeah sadly missed but we're gonna we're going to move on. I'm sure by the time this comes out, they'll be, you know, we'll be flooded with with tributes to him because he was that great man. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to add our voice into the start of it and felt it was appropriate. So, back to rugby, on with, on with this week's rugby. Um, and we're going to start with a rant, which, you know, strangely kind of links into into. Um, Eddie Butler as, as well in a, in a strange way. It, it's I was really really annoyed with the WIU's handling of last week, and you you can put aside the the events of what happened. To, you know, put them aside for a second. Put the death of the Queen to to one side. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not what I'm moaning about. I'm talking about the WIU's inept and inability to manage that event in the best interests of Welsh rugby. Why on earth are we suspending games on a Saturday when, you know, the rest of the country is just carrying on? You know, they were they were cricket games. Of, uh, so yeah, they suspended football games as well for a different reason. But, you know, English rugby carried on and junior rugby carried on. Under-18s rugby was fine to carry on, but club rugby wasn't. I mean, come on, guys. Seriously now. Yeah. When Philip died a couple of years ago, or last year, whatever, somebody in the WIU should have said, hang on a tick. What happens when the Queen dies? What happens if she dies at this point? What happens if she dies off-season, if she dies in-season, if she dies on a Saturday morning, you know, if she dies on an international day? Somebody somewhere, this is basic. Having a backup plan and letting clubs know, you know, here's here's what's going to happen, or even, you know, somebody's going to make a decision and this these are the the, the processes that they're going to go to and this is the person that's going to make that decision 
there was plenty of time in there to get your act together and nobody in the WRU got their act together. There was a message from government, central government, saying that there was no requirement to suspend games. Yeah, there was no requirement for uh, to suspend or, or anything like that, but a mark of respect would have been appropriate. So that came out mid-morning on Friday, and it took the WRU another two, three, four hours, whatever it was, to turn around and go, oh, no, actually, we're going to suspend that. You know, Scarlet's game, Scarlet's Newport, Scarlet's and Dragons last Friday night, there was people asking the question on the Thursday night because they were travelling down from Newport, uh, sorry, they were travelling down um, from the north of the country, and Kelly, I think it was the one that I saw. So, because of the way the trains work in Wales, and we haven't got a north-south one, then, you know, they they were leaving at five o'clock in the morning to get to um, Parker Scarlet's for kind of six o'clock at night. You know, they had hotels booked, they you know, and then you take that into the Saturday, go back to the Scarlet's game, look how much Scarlet's would have shelled out for that game. Yeah, you got bar staff, you got food, you got all the, the stuff that goes around it, you got security staff, you've got all this stuff, and, you know, at the drop of a hat, someone's gone, ah, oh, nah, been that game. It just it defies logic how these people are still in charge of the WIU. And to then move that onto the Saturday and to take out a whole weekend of games for junior clubs, junior clubs who are struggling, junior clubs who, who are really, really struggling to make ends meet, they're struggling for players, they're struggling for supporters, they're struggling for cash, they're struggling to see a way forward and nobody in the WRU gives a shit. Nobody at, up top, they're sitting there and they're more interested in who's getting an MBE and who's getting an OBE and who's getting knighted than they are in how bad it is for local club rugby. And that, to me, you know, we will come back to this when all the boys are, are, are back and we've, we've got enough of us to have a proper rant. But... That to me is just that the way last weekend was managed is just indicative of how inept the WIU are at the minute. And and for me, we we need a wholesale think about how the way the game in Wales is managed. You know, from schools, colleges, clubs, professionals. You know, let's get everybody round the table and let's go, right, okay, how do we make this work and how do we make this a success? Because right at the minute, the only thing that WRU can make a success is how many of those boys get mentioned in the the, uh, in the Queen's Honours or King's Honours, as it will be now. Yeah, so that's my rant for last weekend over because... Damn, that <laughs> I could probably sit here and go through that all night. But I'm going to leave that one there. I'm going to leave that one there. And we're going to move on with this week's rugby. So we've got a couple of games to preview for this week. We've got the uh, Dragons game, uh, Cardiff game, and then, of course, we've got Scarlet and Ospreys game. So.
So let's uh, let's have a look at the Dragons game first. Let's have a uh, the Dragons are away in Edinburgh. Uh, it's on telly, so it's uh, half seven, well, seven thirty-five kickoff. Uh, it's on S O C. You know, and, and you know, we spoke in pre-season about expectations for the Dragons, and and uh, you know, it's either going to click or it's not. I think that's that's the way the dragon season's going to go. You know, on paper, yeah, they they should be top table. You know, the top half of the table comfortably. It's whether or not they can pull that together. And with Dave Flanagan, you know, pulling some of the the, the strings behind, you know, I think I think they've probably got the man that they need to to make it happen. He certainly made it happen in attack at the Scarlets. So it's whether or not he can pull them all together and get them all together as, you know, as a unit, quick enough to make an impact on the season. Because if they don't, if they if they get to mid-season and they're still waiting for that first win, like it was last year, you know, that starts to get to the players and then there's calls for heads to roll and all of this kind of stuff. And let's be honest, Dragons are, are due a good one. They, they do a big result. They've, they've very nearly pulled off quite a few. And as much as I, I like to wind up Dragon supporters and as much as I like to have a bit of a, a ribbon with, just because, you know, the Dragon supporters are the best in the business by far. You know, they, they are, when you talk about teams that are maybe underperforming, Dragons are the kind of club that you're talking about. And for those guys to go and watch it week in, week out, knowing that it's probably not going to be their week, but they still turn up and they still cheer and they still say, and you know what, and, and the support that they give to the players on and off the park is absolutely top notch. So I think they do one. And I think Edinburgh may well be the place it happens. You know, last season, Edinburgh beat them 30 points to 14. And I just, sometimes you just get a feeling, you know, they, 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 they're going to shock a few teams at some point. I hope it's not Scarlet's because that would be crap. But they're going to shock a couple of sides somewhere. And, and I really do think that Edinburgh are there for the taking this year. They, they've, they've not made any big signings they've not made any you know massive changes but at the same time they've not you know not really proven themselves to be you know they're they're not the best in scotland so you know i i think dragons have got the potential They've, they've certainly got the side to beat edinburgh they've got the they're definitely on paper they're there to beat edinburgh whether or not they can pull it off uh, you know, I think they will. That's my prediction. My prediction for the Dragons Edinburgh game is Dragons to win by fifteen twelve. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really really tight game. I think the Dragons will just stop everything that moves, and it'll be one try here, and then a load of penalties. I just I get that feeling from that game. Um, I just think there's a lot of players in there that go that know how to win games. You know, it's not it's not gonna be about let's play wild, exciting and interesting rugby for the first season. 
it's going to be about let's put some wins on the board and let's make sure that we give the supporters a bit of reward. And, I, you know, I look forward to it. As long as it's not the Scarlets, I look forward to Dragons winning. And they always seem to pull one out of the bag, Scarlets, um, which is a pain in the ass for us. But, you know, if you're going to lose to somebody, uh, you know, I can kind of swallow losing to to the Dragons just because of the way the reaction of the supporters more than more than anything is the reaction of supporters and uh yeah so yeah my my prediction here 15 12 to dragons and that's going to be an interesting one to watch on s4c so uh rearranged game um cardiff and munster so this was due to to be on friday night been moved to Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm not going to get into the reasons why and this, that, and the other. I know a lot of Cardiff supporters are quite happy about it because it's gone from like a 7:30 kickoff to a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. And if if there's one thing that Cardiff supporters can do, it's moan. So uh, I think it's one of the the thing they they're happy about it being on a, a Saturday now. Uh, so they got one less thing to moan about and they can start focusing on rugby. And, you know, I, I think Cardiff are in for a, a tough season. I really do. I think they've recruited players they didn't need to recruit. I think they've, they've, they've boosted their squad in the areas where they're already fully stacked. And I know, you know, from what Dai Young has been saying, that... There's a load of players, you know, um, players had year extensions and what have you in in COVID and and they come to the end of their contracts this year. So there's a lot of players inside that Cardiff squad that are playing for contracts and playing for, you know, the future. And that, that can work one of two ways. That can work as, you know, depending on that type of individual, it can be a case of, you know, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, give everything to, to get that contract. I'm going to make sure I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% committed all the time. And then you've got a couple of boys that will go, actually, there's another club, couple of clubs that are interested. So I just need to put one or two decent performances together. And then I'm going to make sure I'm not injured by the end of the season. And, you know, it doesn't take much. If Cardiff don't start with a bang, um, then you the, you start to get niggle inside the camp, and and you kind of felt that at the end of last year, you kind of felt that there were too many players there at the end of last year when when they got pasted in in Benetton. That you know there were too many people on that pitch who just didn't give a shit, and they were running in tries, and they're like, yeah, what's the point? What's the point in trying? And that's that's not the way that Cardiff or any team should be playing. So, yeah, I I hope Cardiff can win. Um, I think Munster, uh, if anything, you know, where we talk about a lot of the Welsh regions, with the exception of Newport, and, but a lot of teams haven't been able to make massive amount of changes this year because one thing and another, you know, with, with um, salary caps and contract extensions and various other reasons and not many people have made a lot of changes and Munster have made three 
changes in their coaching team. I think they had about four players retire and about eight players just leave naturally. So, you know, they've, they've, they've taken in a couple of decent players as well, but it was a very, very settled camp before. You know, there was a lot of kind of seamless progression. So to lose three coaches, three out of your five coaches, that puts a lot of pressure on Graham Roundtree to deliver something. And he's already talking about, you know, a season of transition. He's already trying to dampen down the expectations for this year. He's trying to say to people that, you know, if we don't get it right this year, don't worry. We've got, you know, it's going to take time to adjust the way we play and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, for Cardiff, I think that this is a big opportunity. You know, the Cardiff are going to have a fully stacked side. So Liam Williams is going to be on the park. Talupe Falatau is going to be on the park. You know, they, they, they're going to go with that fully stacked side for the Munster game. Munster has still got a lot of players um, not available through international and through injuries. So, so they're, they're putting out a weakened side that's adjusting to a new way of working. So my prediction, so last season, the, the last time they played, it was 45-21 to Munster. I, I think Cardiff are going to turn them. Um, I think it's, it'll probably be a close game again because even the second and third string Munster team are a, um, a, a decent outfit, as Scarlet's found out last year at home. But... I think that the the changes that they're going through and, and just the vibe coming out of the, the camp, the Munster camp, the, the kind of conversations that are having, I think Cardiff have, have got a bit of steel about them. And I think this is going to be a game that Cardiff need to win. I think the desperation to win for Cardiff and the, the almost acceptance of things aren't going to be perfect from Munster... I think that works in Cardiff's favour. So I, I'm, I'm going to go for 20 points to 15. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be one try in it, maybe a kick. But, you know, 20, 15 to Cardiff. And having said that, I don't think I think that's going to be one of the high points of Cardiff season. And I, I can't see them going on and doing more from there. Just because, I said, it, there's... there's there's so much that there feels like there's a lot of um i don't know if it's upset or anger or just not happy in the squad but you know we'll we'll talk about that a bit later when we come to to talk about league predictions but you know i think this might be a high point at cardiff's um season and if they can if they can stick to their guns i think that munster are there for the taking this weekend so uh, yeah 20 2015 is my prediction with that one okay so before we move on to the scarlet's uh demolition of the ospreys sorry carlin carwin's not here he can't uh he can't say deadly about that so before we move on to to having a look at that game um just a couple of bits to let you know about that you know so we're just getting going with this whole podcasting thing and and what have you so we found a couple of bits and bobs that we're gonna have a crack at we're gonna see if they can work one of them is so so 
the point of this podcast, okay, is none of us are, we're not professional podcasters. We're not professional, you know, we're not radio DJs or TV hosts or anything like that. We're not professional players or ex-professional players. We're all ex-players, but you know, we're just fans. We're just like you. We're, we're exactly like you. And, and what we wanted to do was really give a voice back to the fans and really listen to the passion that's involved in the game. Because, you know, when you're listening to some of the people who are, um, you know, corporate, shall we say, you know, it's all very calm and everybody's very nice. And the bit that pisses me off for them, and it really does piss me off, is where they pretend to be neutral. And they pretend, uh, you know, I was listening to one the other day and somebody was, you know, they, they were saying how, you know, Scarlet's have recruited well with Fafita and oh yeah, but it was all very down and this, that and the other. And then, and, and this, this was a guy who was saying, you know, let's have a look at all four regions, same as we do. And then he went, let's have a chat about the Ospreys. And then he just rampaged on about how amazing the Ospreys were for 15, 20 minutes. Now, I don't mind that that guy's an Osprey supporter. Yeah, I get that some of you have to be Osprey supporter. That's your problem. You know, we've all got our issues. That's how you deal with yours. You support the Ospreys, crack on, fair play to you. I, you know, I, I admire you for being that brave, yeah? But to have somebody pretend to be independent when they're actually quite blatantly not is not what we want to do, yeah? I'm a Scarlet supporter, and I will absolutely back my boys to the hilt. And, you know, you go around Parker Scarlet's on a Saturday, and you'll find another uh, 8,500, I think it is our average gate, of people, you know, screaming for the Scarlet's. You go to Swansea.com Stadium, you get the same for the Ospreys. Yeah, Cardiff Farms Park, everybody's going to be streaming for blue and black. Yeah, Rodney Parade. And we all know what's going to happen there. It's part of the game. It's part of the DNA of being Welsh that we care about our teams. And we, do, we don't care if we're right or wrong. We don't care if, we, if there was a blatant knock-on, but that try got us over the line and we won the game. Yeah? We don't care because that's us. That's our, you know, that's who we are and what we do. It's It's our game. It's our team. So the whole point of this podcast is to give that voice back to fans. And that's what we want to do. So we don't, you don't want to listen to me bleated on all the time because that's what my wife does. She tells me I'm an irritating shit, but there we go. So with this, there's a little button thing. I'm wanting to say button. There's a thing that you can press on the website and that lets you record a voice message and then that voice message goes into all of the, like when we're recording this it goes into the library bit and then you just pick out the bits from the library that you want to put into the show and you put them all there lovely jubbly so what we want to do is we want to hear from you we want to include you and your voices and your opinions in this show yeah so whether that is you think it's shit, crack on, come and tell me it's shit, 
I mean, I'm not going to put it on the air. Of course I'm not. But, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. Like I say, you're probably an Ospreys fan. What can I say? But, you know, come and tell me it's great. Yeah, lovely job. I'm definitely putting that one on there. You know, like on Steve Wright, it really winds me up when, like, Steve Wright with every message is, hey, Steve, I think your show's great. And you're like, bloody sniveller. But, you know, tell us what you think about the game. Tell us what your club is doing. You know, tell us why I can't get a Newport Dragons fan to come on here regular and, and give me their opinion. Tell me why you, you, you stand on the terraces down at Rodney Parade when it's pissing down, soaking wet, five degrees, and you're getting hammered by Leinster. Tell me why you go and do that. Because people need to know. People need to know about you and what drives you because it may well drive them. You know, so I say there's there's a button. So go to um, anchor.fm forward slash rap, which is W-R-R-A-P. Remember that one? Yeah. Welsh regional rugby, anything you want podcast. Yeah. So go on in. There's a little message button. Tap the message button and then you can record a message to go into the show. Yeah, and hopefully next week we'll we'll put some messages out there. In fact, in fact, so this is going to go out on Friday morning, and you'll have all of Friday and Saturday. So drop us a line, leave me your name, who you support, and what your prediction is or what your expectation is for the first game of the season. And then, depending on how that first game goes, Leave me another message so I can tie the two back together with your name and, and what have you again, and then tell me how you're feeling after the game. Because some of us, you know, definitely, Scarlet's for Ospreys, at least 50% of us are going to be absolutely fucking devastated because we've lost to those bastards. And whether it's us losing to them or them losing to us, you know, somebody somewhere is going to be absolutely livid. And I want to hear that, guys. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you've got to say. And I want to hear, you know, I want to hear your voices. I want to hear the passion. Because that's one of the things I think we lost in Wales. We, we, we tried so hard to remove that old... Remember those days when um, there was a tour and there was uh, what's it, uh, Kevin Phillips hooker that lamped someone and there was a massive fight uh, at the uh, uh, after-match meal and stuff like that, and and then there was the fight against Breve and all that kind of stuff, and, and everyone right, okay, yeah, we need to kind of you know calm it down. And I think we've gone too far the other way, you know, especially when you're playing against Irish sides. I think it should be compulsory against an Irish side that first opportunity, whether it's a kickoff, whether it's a first rock, somebody gets a smack in the chops and everybody piles in and you just let them know that they, you know, this is what a Welsh welcome looks like, son. Bang, I'm one of them. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not advocating violence. I'm just saying the Irish boys need a bit of a, a bit of a welcome to the, to the Welsh side of it. Like, you know, so yeah, bring me your passion guys. Bring me the, 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 the reason that you love your team, the reason that every Saturday you stand there and 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 do what you do. So I say it's on the website and tap message and hopefully we'll we'll put those into next week's um 
recording. So the other bit that, that we can do is we can run a poll. And then I don't know what about, because yeah, it just seems like a good thing to do. And it's all about interaction and engagement and all of that bollocks. Yeah. But what we wanted to do is just to see, basically, for the first one, how many Scarlet supporters, how many Osprey supporters, etc. We, we we got listening. So there's a, a, a poll on our Spotify page, which um, is basically who's going to end up as the top region, top Welsh region for this year. And uh, there's only four choices. You know, it's not it's not difficult. So um, yeah, mainly we just want to see how it works, guys, and then uh, maybe we'll run some some things later in the year. Best haircut, worst kit, shittest kick, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, let us uh, uh, let us know what you think uh, uh, of how that's working. So anyway, back to the rugby. Back to the rugby. Uh, Scarlet's Ospreys, and. Yeah, down west, this this is the one. So the, the first bit, really, to talk about here, okay, now I'm going to have to do both sides of this, um, is the first bit is, is, you know, opening day of the season, and we've got a, uh, the, well, for the Scarlets, this would be the biggest crowd puller of the year. And you know, I'm looking at this two ways now. When you when you put this on Boxing Day or New Year's Day, you know that stadium is rammed and rocking. And uh, you know, I've I've been there for a Boxing Day game before, and I've come out of the barn, and there were people who were just watching in the barn. It was on a screen in the barn, and there was like about 150, 200 people just watching in the barn because they couldn't get tickets so they just went in the barn and watched it in the barn and that that's how big this game is and how important you we were talking earlier about the finances and the state of the game in wales that's how important this game is this is this is the big one for scarlet i'm putting it at the start of the season now for me personally i like it you know i think it's i think it's a good thing i think it's the way to start the season start with a bang start it with a full stadium uh you know let's get people talking let's get people interested in the game let's get you know let's get some interest in there and then if you're a player that first game of the season and you're walking out and that place is full and all you can hear is amara heard if you're an osprey you're shitting yourself and if you're a scarlet you're working about you're walking about two foot taller so you know for me that really really works this this is a big game and let's start the season with a big game i don't think we should shy away from you know putting these games on outside of um christmas week the flip side of that is you know <laughs> Is it get, does it take a couple of games to kind of get people back into the routine, especially with all the crap that's going on at the minute, with you know everything else that's gone on in the world, and is that going to affect it? Possibly, possibly not. You know, I think 
all of the inter international players, Welsh international players anyway, are back, I believe. Um, certainly for Scarlets, they are. I'm not 100% certain for Ospreys because, uh, and we, we again, we spoke about this in the, the pre-season preview, that Scarlets are going to benefit from not having as many Welsh international players as everybody else does. You know, and our players are not frontline players. You know, I think that will change through the season. I would be absolutely astonished if Combia doesn't get a call-up at some point through the season. And I think a couple of our front rows will find themselves called upon again. I think Halfpenny and Ken Owens will probably, you know, receive a, a phone call at some point if they find anywhere near their fitness. Um, and, uh, you know... <laughs> At the minute, we're in a good position with it, where the Ospreys are probably suffering from it because, you know, they, they've got too many players that are tied up in uh, international stuff. So, yeah, I, is it the right decision? I think it is. I think it's, um, you know, this this is the this is the game that you want to see. So let's let's put it on at the start of the season, where the weather's not too crap. It's going to be good weather this weekend. You know, so there's no excuses. There's absolutely no excuse not to get to this game. You know, so, uh, so one of the, the things that we're doing, you know, we, we're um, Pembrokeshire end of the Scarlet's region. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get lifts sorted. With, so there's no excuses for people not to get to this game. This game should be the absolute humdinger. What I will say about this game is that the WRU, again, need to pull their fingers out and get their marketing together for regions. We need to be marketing the game, not just the internationals. We need to get people interested in the game and interested in, you know, whether it's the Scarlet Ospreys game or whether it's Slangenich against Vardra. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We need to get people interested in playing the game again, and that's that's what we've lost. So, for me, you know, this this is part of a bigger thing. I yeah, I've barely seen any advertising about this other than on social media. We should be going nuts for this game. This should be the, you know, one of the key fixtures for this year. So, yeah. For me, I, I think it's the right decision. I'd like to see it done better. I'd like to become a, a you know a regular thing. Uh, I think if this works for the Scarlets, I, I think you'll see next year that Newport Dragons will be hosting Cardiff on the first day of the season as well, and things like that. And and I think this is the way forward. I really do. You know why why can't we put you know um, Judgment Day on the first day of the season? You know let's let's start the season with a bang let's do judgment day in the first day of the season and get you know 80 or thousand people inside um the millennium stadium staying for both games uh, and having a bloody good day so yeah that's that's my call on that so the game itself the game itself now i asked carwin well i didn't ask him he told me anyway because that's the way he is i I, I got a prediction for Carl. I asked him for the uh, the, the bit that we're going to do after this is that 
you know, our league predictions for the year. So I asked Carwin for his predictions for the year. Uh, and, and I'll read it to you because it says, Osprey's to win everything and stuff the Scarlets twice. So, uh, you know, that's a that's actually a well-considered um, opinion from an Osprey's fan there. You know, he's been able to count to two, let's be fair. So, you know, I don't think that the Ospreys are going to win everything. Uh, you know, I'll put my hand on my heart there. I don't. I think this game this weekend is going to be a cracker. I really do. I think that, uh, you know, we've got two sides who are, are perfectly capable of playing an open, expansive game. And so I'm going to piss off a lot of Ospreys fans now, okay, which, which is something I do quite regular, I'll be honest. But um, I'm going to, you know, here's a couple of home truths for Ospreys fans, yeah? Regardless of how much you love the guy and of how much you you think he's God's gift, Reese Webb is your worst, um, your worst attacking uh, option because he passes the ball behind the player and his his primary um option is to kick now when you do that against the scarlet you've got three of the fastest boys in the urc sitting there waiting for that ball and we'll we'll run that ball back at you all day yeah and when ospreys don't have reese webb and the ball starts getting spread and they start moving it across the backs actually they look a lot more dangerous they look a lot more attacking than the scarlets did last year they that game in the um your know, last game of the season well virtually last game of the season where ospreys won uh 54 36 yeah um one Scarlet should have finished that from half time. From half time, they should have just nailed that down. First fifteen minutes, uh, first ten, fifteen minutes of that second half, Osprey shouldn't have touched that ball. But it is what it is, yeah. But the Ospreys won. They didn't win that by kicking it. They won that by passing the ball. And if they're going to do anything, they need to dispense with. They either need to dispense with Reese Webb, or somebody needs to get him to listen and actually pass the ball in front of a player. Having said that, as a Scarlet, I fucking love the guy because you can defend against him all day long. He's more interested in his hair and uh, how many young ladies are watching him on the side of the pitch than he is in actually playing the game. And he gets absolutely destroyed every time he plays against Gareth Davis. Gareth Davis, as a, a player is just rock solid he's he's quick he's he, he just his inside running lines are bang on every single time just seems to be on the end of so many balls as a scrum half um that you know he's like having another back rower on the pitch so you know for me yes it'll be a good battle it'll go the same way as it always will um and as a as a scarlet, I look forward to that all day. I think the interesting battle at the minute is front rows. I think what we see, what we're seeing now, generally in in Welsh rugby, is 
the need for younger players to be given their opportunity sooner, particularly in the front row. I think there's a lot that's a massive amount of quality in the front rows in West Wales. And, you know, both sets, both clubs have got a really good set of youngsters coming through. So I think what what we're about to see is probably the start of, you know, a a three, four, five year system, if you like, of these are the boys, these are the boys are going to take this forward. These are the boys that are going to be fighting this battle for the next five years. And I think in that sense, you've got likes of, you know, Dewey Lake and Ryan Elias. Now, whether Ryan Elias is on the park or not, I don't know, but you know, that that's, that's a good key battle, but then you've got everybody else underneath that that's going to make this a real battle on on Saturday. And, you know, I look forward to that. I, I, I really do. I think at some point in the season, Ken Owens comes back and he will be up against, you know, those two. And, you know, there are about five other hookers that could fill that Welsh berth um, this season. And, and Ken wants that cap back. You know, Ken's, <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen him in, in physio. I've seen him in rehab. And the guy's fired up already. So what he's going to be like when he's back on the park. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to stand opposite him. But, you know, uh, that's where the battle's going to take place. And I was, I was talking to a mate the other day about, you know, why is Alan Wynne-Jones on the park? And, you know, Alan Wynne-Jones and Jonathan Davis, with best will in the world to the pair of them, are probably past their best. There are probably younger boys that could come through and do a better job than them. But they're leaders. They're both leaders on the park. And as a team, you you need someone like that that you can look to. And when it's all turning to shit a little bit, that they can turn around and go, right, don't worry, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, And they've got a plan in their head and they, they can keep cool and they can go, right, this is what we're going to do. You know, both phenomenal athletes, both, you know, what, 15 years, a pair of them. At the top of their game, you know that's that's a that's a long, long time. That's more than most people play at junior level, you know. So for those two to still be there is it, phenomenal. But I just query when you're putting Alan Wynne Jones. Let's assume Alan Wynne Jones is on the pitch, and you're going to put him up against Fafita or Sam Lousy. Uh, you know. It, He's gonna he's gonna get caught flat footed and he's gonna he's gonna be made to look slow. So, you know, I think that's where the Scarlets will look to really turn the game. Um, I think there's a lot of talk about um, Jack and Tiprick. Um, you know, Tiprick again is nearing the end of his his career. And yeah, you know Jack Morgan, phenomenal athlete, for, hell of a player for the Scarlets. You know we taught him all he knows, but we did teach him all he knows. And yeah, he's he's had some decent games for the Ospreys. He was phenomenal for the Scarlets, and he hasn't quite refound that form. Don't get me wrong; he, I, in my opinion, he's still the best seven in Wales. But that's how good he was with the Scarlets. You know he was phenomenal. 
So, yeah, if if he starts to refine his form, he, he's a nightmare to play against. But then you've also got Josh McLeod going up against him, who, you know, for a long time has been the turnover king in Wales and has twice been ready to take his place as a, a Welsh international and has not quite made it. You know, he's almost a forgotten man. So he's another one with someone to prove. And I just think that that's going to be another big, big battleground on Saturday. So the other battleground going to be on the wing. You know, um, Combia made the Ospreys look like a, a bunch of clowns in big, big shoes in the last game. Uh, and he's done that a couple of times now. And, you know, I, I, the guy is rock solid. He's quick. He's athletic. He's got height. He's got pace. He's, uh, he's got a bit of muscle about him and he's got a bit of dog about him. And he's, he's, let's say, I, I reckon he'll be a Welsh international by the end of this year. And then on the other side, the Ospreys, you've got a couple of flyers there as well. Uh, oh, what's his name? Luke. Um, this is what I need Carwin for. Um, you know the one I mean, Luke something. Anyway, so that's that's going to be a really, really interesting battle about who can get the ball to the wing in a way that they can do something with it. And for me, um, yeah, I, I've got the Scarlets winning that game 35-20. I don't think it'll be that throw it around Kind of, it'll be closer to the 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 twenty two nineteen um, New Year's Day clash, you know, uh, where um, Josh scored on the uh, uh, Josh McLeod scored after the final whistle, you know, it, it'll be that kind of a game with maybe one or two extra tries. I just think that I just think that the 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 conversations coming out of the camps are a lot more positive. From Scarlets, they should be more positive from from the Ospreys. They've had a good couple of wins, but they they're just very downbeat. They just seem like a very plodding along kind of camp at the minute. But yeah, for me, it's it's a Scarlets win every day of the week, thirty five twenty. Um, say Carwin's prediction is we're gonna fucking stuff you. So. Uh, you know, crack on, fella. Let's see. Where... I was going to. This is why I reckon he's he, he suddenly had a call to go into work. So I suggested to Carwin that we have a little wager tonight, and whoever loses on Saturday has to wear a T-shirt saying "I love the" and whether it's Scarlet or Ospreys, or "I love the opposition." Um, for the next podcast, and then we'll take a we'll take a photo and we'll we'll pop that out. But um, I'm not sure if he's man enough to to actually take that 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 gamble on. We shall see. But um, yeah, either way, I'm 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 off to get one printed tomorrow, just to wind uh, wind up Carwin. So yeah, that's the review of the um, the week. So it's a win for the Dragons, a win for Cardiff, and a win for the Scarlets. But I think we've got three cracking games to look forward to. I think it's going to be a fantastic start to the season. Um, yeah, lots, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. So next, 
next up. So before we do league predictions, we'll get to league predictions in in a minute. Okay. So I know this is a regional thing, so we just want to talk about you know regional rugby and and what have you. But I just wanted to get people's opinions on. So again, this this happened today. I thought we we got to like lunchtime today, and I I was worried about leaving the the recording of the podcast to later in the week, and then obviously. Eddie Butler this evening. I thought, right, okay, this that works well. But by lunchtime, the Australia New Zealand game um, had happened. So for those of you that that don't, you must have seen it on social media by now. If you're any kind of uh, rugby fan, you will have seen the, the the clips of those last five minutes. Yeah. So New Zealand raise ahead, and Australia start coming back, and they're chipping back and chipping back and chipping back, and you get to the last couple of minutes. And then they go, right, okay, bang. <laughs> Australia, I think they, they turn the ball over, that's it. So they turn the ball over, a long kick, and they go into the lead, 37-34, with five minutes left. From the kickoff, New Zealand penalty. Kick it down into Australia, half. Australia win a penalty off the line-out. Two minutes left. And then... So Bernard Foley at 10. So we've all been there and we've watched an outside half take an hour and a half to bloody take a kick and, you know, you can go and have a pie and a pint and pop to the bog in the time it takes him to actually take a penalty kick, especially with two minutes left. And then the ref penalises him for um, wasting time. I holy shit, you know. Uh, no, not a penalty, it was a scrum. And then from the scrum, New Zealand, a um, couple of phases, and they score in the corner, win the game. So, you know, Australian fans absolutely fucking bouncing off the walls. All Blacks fans, best thing since sliced bread, absolutely. About time we cracked down on that. And then fans around the rest of the world just go in like, what the fuck was that? You know, it was, you know, I'll, I'll be fair to the guy. Um, I can't remember the, the, the ref's name now. I think it's a French guy. But balls of steel or what? You know, to make that call in that kind of a game, to, to suddenly decide at that point, in the game that this is when I'm going to crack down on time wasting. I mean, holy shit. It was, um, you know, Australian fans, rightly so, absolutely livid. You know, um, Ian Foster must be breathing a massive sigh of relief. But I think that pretty much confirmed that, you know, his replacement is being sought pretty rapidly. Um, and yeah, just as a, the bit that I like about this, yeah, uh, is instantly, so I, I, I was kind of keeping track of the game on Twitter and you could just see, you could see it building the, you know, New, New Zealand have got this, there's all the New Zealand accounts going, you hear New Zealand have got this, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh yeah, we're back in the game. Now we're coming. Yeah, we're level and all of this. And then when it hit that that whistle, 
it just went apeshit. It there was tweets going left, right, and centre. It was it was really nice to see so many people engaging with the game. And you know, it's shit if you're a, a, an Australian fan. Of course it is. You know, if that was if that was me, I would be absolutely livid. Yes, not a problem at all. But from the the point of view of the game, you know, we got something to talk about now. There's there's there is a big talking point that's going to rumble and rumble and rumble. You know, and I feel sorry for the ref in a way because you know he's going to be at the centre of this for a while now. But you know what a what a finish to a game. I mean, it was a really good game. You have know, seen the highlights of the game. It was a really really good game. So yeah. I'm not suggesting this is a strategy going forward for teams, you know, or referees to make a really controversial decision that that changes the 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 result of the game at the very last minute. But wow, what a way to get people engaged in the game! So, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love to hear your your thoughts and your comments on that. So, messages on Twitter, guys, or leave a message for us because, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things that's that's. Uh, uh, you get the feeling that there's going to be a a rule come in at the end of the year that uh, you know about what time wasting and and all of that kind of malarkey is. Yeah, a bit like when um, England nearly got turned over by Italy from Italy just playing the rules about non-contact around a ruck, and then all of a sudden the the rules around a a ruck changed. So uh, yeah, it's that you get that kind of feel from from that decision from the from today so yeah send us your your opinions on that so uh finishing up with then um league predictions so the the idea of this that we were all going to sit around and we were going to have a chat this is going to be one whole episode on its own but um yeah with various things and various uh, different people not being able to make it um and carwin saying Basically, Ospreys are going to win everything, um, so don't even bother. with don't care about anything else. So that's his usual load of shit. But, um, yeah, so I'm just going to run down where I think everybody's going to finish. Um, and, you know, agree with it, don't agree with it, guys. You know, we'll, we'll put it up on Twitter as well, um, just so you can have a, a, a bit of a, a pop at it. But, yeah. Let me know where you think uh, everybody's going to finish. So we're going to go bottom up, okay? Um, I think it's difficult to get past Zebra finishing in 16th place. Um, it just, it's, you know, it's a shame because we've seen what Benetton can do. Um, and Benetton are improving all the time. So it's, it's a shame that Zebra are down the bottom. But I think that's where they are. And I don't think they're going to move very far from there. 15th, I've got Connaught, which kind of confuses some people. But I just think that they, same as Munster, they, there's there's a bit of transition going on. There's a bit of players coming and going. And they have kind of lost their way. And they're Irish and they do it. You know, they, they, they do a season where they just balls everything up because it does come around. So I think this is their season to balls everything up. So 14th, I've got the Lions. Um, again, I, you know, they could have gone anywhere in between 
10 and 14 that that's that there's a chunk of 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 sides in between 10 and 14 that you know could all kind of chop and change place but i'll put them at the bottom uh because i don't know very much about them is is the simple answer on that one I, I don't really know enough about the lions to put them any higher so we're going to go there in 14th place so 13th um so this will really piss off dan but he's not here so let's crack on so 13th place i'll put cardiff and for exactly the, the reasons we said at the start you know we were talking about the monster game i think monster game is going to be the high point of the season there might be a couple of other decent i i think they're either going to be you know 13 14th or you know fifth and sixth it's either all going to click and it's going to you know, everyone's going to be pulling in the same direction. It's going to, and it's going to work really, really well, or it's just going to turn into a complete bag of shit and people are going to be, you know, I, I think the indicator will be how soon they start um, talking about who's coming in next year. Um, and I, and I think that's a good indicator of where the side is. So, yeah, I think after the Munster game, I think it's a downward slide for Cardiff after that. Above Cardiff, I've got Benetton. Uh, there's a lot of potential in Benetton. There really is. I just think that when they come up against some of the bigger boys, they're, they're always going to be found short. So, um, But I've got them in 12th. Dragons in 11th. I think the Dragons will come above Cardiff. I uh, I said this last year, however. You know, I, I said the Dragons. It really irritates my boy because I go... You know, Dragons, they can't get it wrong this year. They just can't. And then about halfway through the season, he's going, yeah, they got it wrong. And they go, yeah, they have. So, you know, this, if I haven't told you before, there's a really, really good um, Twitter handle called Did the Dragons Lose Today? And it just posted a yes or no. And I, just find, I don't know why. I just find it the funniest um, uh, thing on Twitter at the minute. But I, I've put them in 11th because I think, at some point this season, it is going to twig for them. It's it's going to click. But I think Dragons are going to suffer when they lose players to international duty, um, which is a real shame because I think they build momentum and then lose it and then have to rebuild it. So Dragons in 11th, Sharks in 10th. Pretty much the same reason as the Lions, really. The South African sides are not my strong point. And they had to go somewhere. And judging by last year, that's that's where I put them. So I might be completely shooting up the swanee on that one. But yeah, Sharks in 10th. Glasgow in 9th. Um, I just think they've been underperforming for a long time now. And I can't see that changing this season. I've got Munster in 8th. A lot of people, a lot of people outside of Ireland are quite shocked by Munster being in 8th. And then I talk to some of my Irish friends and they go, they might scrape eighth, they might be below. So the expectation in Munster this year is not very high. And that might work one of two ways for them. It might, you know, taking the pressure off and they'll be able to relax and play the decent rugby because they've still got the decent players. It's, it's whether or not that new coaching regime can stamp it. Um, its mark on the game and whether that's the right mark to to make so i i'm just thinking that not this season i think next season they they'll be definitely pulling back through to the top of the table but i just think this is their season to 
dip on that. Um, Edinburgh, Edinburgh are probably the least interesting side that play well um, for me. There's never anything wildly exciting. They play in Scotland, for God's sake. You know, it's how is it going to be? The most interesting thing about Edinburgh is their pitch um, and their stadium. But um, I just can't see them pushing anywhere up the table. I think seventh is probably overestimating where they're going to finish. But, you know, I've been generous to them. So, yeah, Ospreys come above them in sixth. Oh. See, I hate admitting that the Ospreys might actually have a decent season, but they might. And, you know, it pains me to say that they might finish top six, but they might. Yeah, so I've got Ospreys in sixth, Stormers in fifth, because from what I do know of South African rugby, they're big boys. They're, they're, They're built like like double wardrobes, and they're just kind of... They're a hard bunch of boys to move around. So, Stormers in fifth, Scarlets in fourth. Why have I put Scarlets in fourth? Because I'm a Scarlet supporter. And I wouldn't be a Scarlet supporter if I didn't go. I think my boys are going to do really, really well. Um, I actually think that, you know, for the reasons I've said a couple of times now, we're not going to lose many players to Wales duties. We're going to have a pretty solid, stable squad that have played together for most of last year and this year. We've got some young boys maturing at just the right time. We've got some older heads that are just kind of maturing as well and reaching their peak in terms of brain capacity. And we've got Fafita and Luisi. And I just think when you put all of that together and stick it in the oven, you come out with a nice big cake in fourth. So that's uh, Scarlet's in fourth, Ulster in third. Um, Ulster, again, have just been building and building and building. I just think third is about right for them. And then top two, you can swap either of those these two round. You know, Leinster and Bulls. I've gone for Leinster in second, Bulls in first, but I think Leinster will turn them over in the playoffs. Um and there'll, there'll be a little bit of a, a battle there. But, you know, several sides went to South Africa last year and gave the all of the South African sides uh, a, a good run-in. And I think, you know, second season of them being in there, I, I'm looking forward to South African stadiums having people in. I think that'll be a big, big difference for sides playing out there as well. So I'm looking forward to that, but I'm going to go Leinster, uh, Leinster second and Bulls coming top. Um, so I'll put it on Twitter, guys. Feel free to argue with it and throw it back in my face at the end of the season. But that's uh, that's where I'm going with that one. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. So loads and loads of stuff that we got, we got through tonight on my own. So I'm off for a nice cold one. Uh, I hope you are too. Uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy the first weekend of the URC. And uh, we'll catch up again next week. Thank you. You have been listening to the Rap Podcast. You can get in touch with the show on Twitter at WRRA Podcast. You can email us at Welsh Regional Rugby Pod at gmail.com 
And you can now go to anchor.fm forward slash rap, W-R-R-A-P, hit the message button and you can be part of the show. Thanks for listening and we'll hear you again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.